Welcome to the Monday edition of Transformation Radio. And now we turn our attention to the reading of the New Testament. And today our scripture narrative will be from Luke chapter 16, verses 1 through 18. Here's a a brief overview and commentary on some of what we'll be reading about today. Our use of money is a good test of the Lordship of Christ. Number one, money belongs to God, not us. So let's use our resources wisely. Number two, money can be used for good or evil. So let's use ours for good. And number three, money has a lot of power. So let's use it carefully and thoughtfully. We must use our material goods in a way that will foster faith and obedience. Now we're to make wise use of the financial opportunities we have, not to earn heaven, but to help people find Christ. If we use our money to help those in need or to help others find Christ, our earthly investment will bring eternal benefit. When we obey God's will, the unselfish use of possessions will follow. Now as we read on here today, we'll see that our integrity is often put on the line in money matters. God calls us to be honest, even in small details we could easily ignore. Heaven's riches are far more valuable than earthly wealth. But if we're not trustworthy with our money here, no matter how much or little we have, we'll be unfit to handle the vast riches of God's kingdom. See that you maintain your integrity in all matters, whether big or small. Now, because the Pharisees loved money, they took exception to Jesus' teaching. Now, we live in an age that measures people's worth by how much money they make. Do you scoff at Jesus' warnings against serving money? Do you try to explain them away? Do you apply them to somebody else? See, unless we take Jesus' statements seriously, we may be acting just like the Pharisees ourselves. Now, the Pharisees acted piously, but they did it to get praise from others. But God knew what was in their hearts. They considered their wealth to be a sign of God's approval. God detested their wealth because it caused them to abandon true spirituality. Though prosperity may earn people's praise, it must never substitute for devotion and service to God. And now let's begin our reading today here in the New Testament. April 13th, the New Testament. Luke chapter 16 Verses 1 through 18. Jesus told this story to his disciples. There was a certain rich man who had a manager handling his affairs. One day a report came that the manager was wasting his employer's money. So the employer called him in and said, What's this I hear about you? Get your report in order, because you are going to be fired. The manager thought to himself, Now what? My boss has fired me. I don't have the strength to dig ditches, and I'm too proud to beg. Ah, I know how to ensure that I'll have plenty of friends who will give me a home when I'm fired. So he invited each person who owed money to his employer to come and discuss the situation. He asked the first one, How much do you owe him? The man replied, I owe him 800 gallons of olive oil. So the manager told him, Take the bill and quickly change it to four hundred gallons. And how much do you owe my employer? He asked the next man. I owe him one thousand bushels of wheat, was the reply. Here, the manager said, take the bill and change it to eight hundred bushels. 
The rich man had to admire the dishonest rascal for being so shrewd. And it is true that the children of this world are more shrewd in dealing with the world around them than are the children of the light. Here's the lesson. Use your worldly resources to benefit others and make friends. Then, when your earthly possessions are gone, they will welcome you to an eternal home. If you are faithful in little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't be honest with greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? And if you are not faithful with other people's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. The Pharisees, who dearly loved their money, heard all this and scoffed at him. Then he said to them, You like to appear righteous in public, but God knows your hearts. What this world honors is detestable in the sight of God. Until John the Baptist, the law of Moses and the messages of the prophets were your guides. But now the good news of the kingdom of God is preached, and everyone is eager to get in. But that doesn't mean that the law has lost its force. It is easier for heaven and earth to disappear than for the smallest point of God's law to be overturned. For example, a man who divorces his wife and marries someone else commits adultery, and anyone who marries a woman divorced from her husband commits adultery. Psalm 82, verses 1 through 8. Here's a little overview commentary on what we're going to be reading here in the Psalms today. You know, God judges human judges. The integrity of the justice system in a nation provides a clear indication of the health of that society. Now, as is the case with all leadership, judges derive their authority ultimately from God and will give an account to God for their verdicts. Believers are commanded to pray for kings and all who are in authority so we can live peaceful and quiet lives, marked by godliness and dignity. That's in 1 Timothy chapter 2, verse 2. Well, this psalm that we'll be reading about here in just a moment reminds us to include judges of every kind in our prayers because we directly benefit from their integrity. Now, this psalm calls the rulers and judges of Israel gods and children of the Most High. They were called gods, little g, because they represented God in executing judgment. If God would call mere people gods, again little g, why was it blasphemous for him, the true Son of God, to declare himself equal with God? Psalm 82, verses 1 through 8, a psalm of Asaph. God presides over heaven's court. He pronounces judgment on the heavenly beings. How long will you hand down unjust decisions by favoring the wicked? Interlude. Give justice to the poor and the orphan. Uphold the rights of the oppressed and the destitute. Rescue the poor and helpless. Deliver them from the grasp of evil people. But these oppressors know nothing. They are so ignorant. They wander about in darkness, while the whole world is shaken to the core. I say, you are gods. 
You are all children of the Most High. But you will die like mere mortals and fall like every other ruler. Rise up, O God, and judge the earth, for all the nations belong to you. Proverbs chapter 13, verses 2 and 3. Wise words will win you a good meal, but treacherous people have an appetite for violence. Those who control their tongue will have a long life. Opening your mouth can ruin everything.
Nothing can separate Even if I ran away Your love never failed I know I still make mistakes But you have new mercy for me every day Your love never fails Singer, you stay
always. Love never fails. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. You make all things work together for my good. Lift your hands and sing it. You make. You make all things work. Thankful for Psalm 31. In you, O Lord, I have taken refuge. Let me never be ashamed. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me. Rescue me quickly. Be to me a rock of strength, a stronghold to save me. For you are my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, you will lead me and guide me. You will pull me out of the net, which they have secretly laid for me for you are my strength. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have ransomed me, O Lord, God of truth. I hate those who regard vain idols, but I trust in the Lord. I will rejoice and be glad in your loving kindness, because you have seen my affliction. You have known the troubles of my soul, and you have not given me over into the hand of the enemy. You have set my feet in a large place, be gracious to me, O Lord, for I am in distress. My eye is wasted away from grief, 
my soul and my body also. For my life is spent with sorrow, and my years with sighing. My strength has failed because of my iniquity, and my body has wasted away. Because of all my adversaries, I have become a reproach, especially to my neighbors, and an object of dread to my acquaintances. Those who see me in the street flee from me. I am forgotten as a dead man. Out of mind, I am like a broken vessel. For I have heard the slander of many. Terror is on every side. While they took counsel together against me, they schemed to take away my life. But as for me, I trust in you, O Lord. I say, you are my God. My times are in your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and from those who persecute me. Make your face to shine upon your servant. Save me in your loving kindness. Let me not be put to shame, O Lord, for I call upon you. Let the wicked be put to shame. Let them be silent in Sheol. Let the lying lips be mute, which speak arrogantly against the righteous with pride and contempt. How great is your goodness, which you have stored up for those who fear you, which you have wrought for those who take refuge in you before the sons of men. You hide them in the secret place of your presence from the conspiracies of man. You keep them secretly in a shelter from the strife of tongues. Blessed be the Lord, for he has made marvelous his loving kindness to me in a besieged city. As for me, I said in my alarm, I am cut off from before your eyes. Nevertheless, you heard the voice of my supplications when I cried to you. O oh, love the Lord, all you his godly ones. The Lord preserves the faithful and fully recompenses the proud doer. Be strong and let your heart take courage, all you who hope in the Lord. The world does not offer much hope for those in despair, but God does. Long before he was king, David stepped out of God's will. In order to get beyond Saul's reach, he sought refuge from the Philistines, and when he returned to the ashes of his city, Ziklag, he was in utter despair. However, David strengthened himself in the Lord. Though Scripture is not specific about his moment of surrender, consider these five steps as a spiritual process he may have worked through. First, David repented. Repentance is a change of mind that results in change of conduct. Recognizing his mistake, David chose a new direction. Second, he recalled God's past faithfulness in hard times. Third, he reflected on heavenly power. He was emotionally, physically, and spiritually drained. But he had been exhausted before and knew God's strength was sufficient for him. David had recorded accounts of his experiences with the Lord, which made remembering easier. Fourth, David remembered God's promises. His psalms show that he valued assurances of protection, peace, and help during troubles. Fifth, he resolved to trust God rather than give in to the despair that threatened to overwhelm him. In response to David's faith, God gave him the strength he desperately needed. The believer who surrenders to God in moments of despair will find that God will provide what is needed, as David did. He wants to strengthen his children so they can bear up under the weight of tough circumstances. So yield to him. At some point, 
you'll no doubt look back and mark the day as the beginning of new growth in your faith. to the stars and pondering how far away they are and how you hold them in your hands and still you know there's mine you know my innermost being goes Better than I know, than I know myself. And what a beautiful God! It's what a beautiful God! It's what am I that I might be called your child? What am I? It's what am I? That you might know me, my King. It's what am I? It's what am I? It's what am I? I peer off into the distance Watching the sun roll on by Beautiful colors all around me Painted all over the sky The same hands that created all of this they created you and I And what a beautiful God It's what a beautiful God It's what am I That I might be called your child what am I? It's what am I? That you might know me, my King. It's what am I? It's what am I? That you might die, that I might live.
Todd Skelton, who's the VP of Auto Detail in Wellington, Florida, said, John, talk to us about teammate. I, I'm glad you asked that, that I would talk about that word, Todd, because uh, in our uh, certification program, we have uh, hundreds and hundreds now of, of, of teammates. In fact, um, I do a lot of conferences every year, and right here in West Palm Beach, uh, I'm having a conference with uh, a thousand of my teammates. They're on the certification program, John Maxwell team. I've never looked forward to something so much because we have a togetherness. There's a cause that brings us together. And I'm looking forward to, to sharing and learning and exploring with my teammates. You know, Jerry Lucas, who was a great basketball player, uh, one of the 50 greatest college basketball players, one of the 50 greatest pro basketball players, told me, he said, John, I got a lot of individual awards because I was highly gifted, but my favorite awards were not individual awards. They were ones that the team won, the national championships, where I didn't do it by myself. We did it together. Can I tell you something? Doing it together and winning is more fun than doing it alone and winning because if you do it alone, who do you celebrate with? That's the value of a teammate. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, oh my soul, worship His holy name, sing like never before, oh my soul, I worship your
Thanks for listening to today's podcast. Make sure to tune in tomorrow for the next edition of Transformation Radio.